Welcome to the House of Life NYC. Come on in, meet regular folks sharing their how-tos and get Lee's tips for resourceful living. Hi, I'm Lee. Thank you for stopping by. You're going to meet former Western Canadian champion ice skater Stephanie Farrell. She'll share with us some how-to tips on all things ice skating, including the basics of getting a job with Disney on ice. Because, well, after her years of competition, Stephanie skated as Cinderella on tour. I mean, it's not every day we get to meet a skater of this caliber. I'm so excited, aren't you? We'll also find out what Stephanie's favorite restaurant in town is. That'll be our hot spot. And if you love Italian food, then you are in for a treat, so stay tuned. And this week's shout-out goes to some folks from Stephanie's neck of the woods, cities Edmonton and Calgary in the province of Alberta. And uh, in case you're wondering, it's on the west side of Canada. <laughs> Stephanie graciously agreed to an on-location interview at our working space that we belong to. So it's kind of like you're going to hear what it's like to go to the office with us. <laughs> Welcome, Stephanie. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I thought we could talk about your experience getting started in figure skating to share with folks what is entailed with that process and then how to become a skater for Disney or any other professional performing outfit on ice. For sure. So I'm Canadian, which helps uh, because as soon as you're born there, pretty much they put skates on you. That's right. So um, I grew up skating. I have an older sister. She was skating. So it was just always sort of the norm. Yes. So Stephanie, you are from Canada originally. Yes, I am. And so tell us about how you start. Are you born wearing ice skates then or what? Pretty much. Pretty much. As soon as you can walk, they put skates on you. If you can walk, you can skate. <laughs> right? And I keep telling my son that. I'm like, you know, when you, in different parts of the country, especially in the Midwest, uh, you have skates, and that's just what you do because it's a win we have winter, right? For sure. One of my best friends is from Minnesota, and she's, yeah, was born also with skates on. Exactly. So, Stephanie, where in Canada are you from? I'm from Edmonton, Alberta. That's like uh, Wayne Gretzky town. Yes. Take us through how you became a figure skater. Sure. So, like I said, I'm born in Canada, so everybody pretty much skates. I have an older sister. She was skating, so of course I always want to be just like her. So I started skating too, um, and eventually I was partnered with um, an ice dance partner. Um, I say eventually, but I was about six years old, so it wasn't really eventually. Uh, I started competing in ice dance when I was seven. <gasps> Yeah. What do they do now? Okay, when you compete at seven, is it hardcore competition or is it everybody gets a medal? Oh no, it's like a competition. Yeah, for sure. It's were you nervous? What what led you to at seven? Did you know you wanted to do that or were you guided toward that from your parents? No, I think it's one of those things. It's either you love it or you don't. And we spend so many hours at the rink that it's not really something that somebody else, I think, could force you to do. It's definitely um, has to come from within. So you started in, in, as, at six and then competed at seven, mm -hmm. and you went on and on, and you were ice dancing versus figure skating, or what's so, the difference? Tell us. So it's sort of funny, yeah, people um, never understand really what ice dancing is, which is such a shame, because it's so awesome. But um, ice dance, 
is one of the areas of figure skating. So there's ladies singles, men's singles, pairs, and ice dance. Um, so it is figure skating and it's part of the Olympics and um, you compete just like any of the other areas of figure skating, um, but it has its own rules um, so, of competition. Okay, uh, let's just, uh, the, the basic differences. And then, is it me or is it so that when I watch ice dancing on TV, there aren't as many spins or flips or twirls or whatever moves? Is so that, tell, tell us, clarify for me. In, in one way, you're right in that there's no jumps in ice dancing. Okay, no jumps. Um, but in another way, actually, I would say there's more twirls and spins and edge work um, because that's really the foundation of ice dancing. And so, what is what is edge work? So it's about the quality of your blade on the ice and how deep you can curve. So, gosh, I'm Sasha Cohen, or who, who's the latest? <laughs> I don't know. When they're on the ice, mm -hmm. their edge work, they're not getting as deep into the ice with their blades. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, in some ways. I mean, I'm sure even at the level that Sasha Cohen was at, she probably had great edges also. Um, but it's really, um, in ice dance, very important. So the footwork sequences are judged a lot more technically based on the different types of turns that you're doing, how long are you staying on one foot, how deep are your edges, um, and how in sync you are also, because you're doing all of this while holding on to another human. Right. I always feel like the women are doing a lot of the work. Is that wrong? So our coach used to always say to us, um, the lady is the picture and the man is the frame. So oh. I would say no. I would say it's probably a 50-50 split for sure. If it's not, then maybe it's not a great partnership. So let me ask you, when you're dancing with a male, is, is it always a, it's always a male partner, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's always male, female through the competitive ranks, but there are some same sex competitions. So if you wanted to skate with. Interesting. Um, yeah. So here's my question. How does it feel to know that you're going to be picked up in the air while on ice? Do you get nervous? No, it's probably the most amazing feeling, actually. Probably one of the biggest things I miss since I've retired, yeah. Tell us more about that. What's so amazing about that? I would just be scared, oh my gosh, he's going to drop me. Oh no, <laughs> if, I, if I breathe funny or if I move just a millimeter off, the balance is going to go crashing down. <laughs> well, the thing is, we practice so much, so much, hours a day. So you really do move in sync and everybody knows like how things are going so you can just feel it and yeah for sure we fall sometimes it happens um do you wear those cushions that i see on tv is no. that a thing no <laughs> <laughs> it's just for people at woman rank <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> ah that would be me mm. <laughs> So then Stephanie shared that her partner asked her about skating in shows rather than preparing for the Olympics. And that's what led Stephanie to working for Disney. She shared how to get into show skating. So there's usually a few different ways. Uh, often when a show is traveling, uh, if a skater is interested in auditioning, you can come and after the show do a live audition um, where our performance director and line captains will do exercises with you and you actually try out for the show right then and there. 
Um, but if the show doesn't come to your city, then you can send in an audition tape, which is what we did. Um, and it, they require a few different things. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I know that we had to do several different tricks and show what we could do and include um, videos of co- competition and things like that. So do they usually take folks who have competed only? I mean, uh, rather than a really high-level recreational skater? Yeah, it's mostly people who have competed. Okay. Um, on occasion, I can think of one person who I know who was just a high-level recreational skater who, who made it on the show. Um, but it's mostly, I would say, 99% people who have competed their whole lives um, and then end up on the show. And so when you and your dance partner, Ice Dance Partner, uh, made it onto the Disney roster, I guess, you were understudies? Yeah, we started as understudies um, as uh, Sleeping Beauty and Prince Philip understudies um, from day one and we didn't really know what we were getting ourselves into um, but it was great and um, we understudied a ton of things after that um, and then eventually after he left the show actually I was partnered with someone else and that's when I became Cinderella. Wow so you were a, a highlighted or main marquee performer or character yeah yeah how did that feel like the, how does that feel it was amazing um because not only do we do ice shows but we do a lot of meet and greets and things so disney on ice does a lot of work with charities and make a wish foundation so not only do you get to do shows and and skate and do what we love but then also there is a huge component of supporting the community and uh, meeting with children uh, with special needs who are like their eyes get huge and it's so exciting and and we just get to get to do so many cool events like for example we did this really cool tea party at the plaza one time where we come in full costumes and there's kids and we do a whole meet and greet and we take photos with them and it's just so cool and so Cinderella is blonde in the movies and in the characters and you're blonde did you use your own hair do you have to wear wigs no we all wear wigs so it doesn't (laughs) matter if your hair is well actually disney doesn't let you have pink hair i was gonna say it doesn't matter if your hair is pink but it does you have to wear a wig Stephanie said that aiming for the Olympics was in the back of her mind, as uh, most minds of people who compete. She shared that while she and her partner competed, and while they were Western Canadian champions, they never won any national titles. She and her partner skated all the time, and it paid off because they eventually placed 12th and 11th nationally in juniors ice dancing in 2005 and 2006, respectively, before going on to work for Disney. So I asked her about skating and dating. I want to ask you a question. Tell me to go away if you need to, but uh, working so closely with someone, did you fall in love? How does that work? We always wonder. (laughs) We're watching on TV these dance figures, skating partners, and tell us. Well, it is funny you should ask. (laughs) 
Uh, yes, we did. I know that's so cliche. And we had a rule at our club that you could not date your partner because it never ends well. Right, right, right. It never right. ends well, especially when you're teenagers. <laughs> um, but we grew up skating together. And yeah, we did eventually end up dating um, when we joined the show. And we dated for about three years. And then... He was kind of done with tour and wanted to go home. I wasn't done, so I stayed and he left. And actually now he, he's engaged to a, a beautiful woman, so. Then I brought up the issue of food. Not so much about the dark side of dieting and skating. I was genuinely curious if she ate junk food while on the road. And so when you're skating that much, do you have to watch your, your food intake, your, what you're eating, your dietary needs and things, or can you eat whatever you want? Well, depends on who you ask. My Disney PR training is kicking in here where I'm, <laughs> it's been beaten into me that I'm not to talk about this in interviews. But uh, You're not supposed to talk about? No, because we used to have weigh-ins and things like that. So Disney was very strict about not talking about it because, wow. of course, that's always a hot interview topic whenever we would do interviews. People always want to know, so do they weigh you in? What is oh. it like? Is it? No, I was more like, can you eat the bag of Doritos oh. or, or do you have to eat quinoa? <laughs> oh, um, I think it's a, a good mix of both. Is, you know, because also... You have to sort of eat to survive because you're doing so many shows or you're training so much that you need to fuel your body. But also, of course, like you're burning so many calories that if you really want to have all those snacks on travel day, then right. go for it. Were, are you, were you a snacker? Like, did you like, oh, I need that ice cream or? For sure. And especially when you're traveling all over, there's so many new snacks and treats to try that it's like... <laughs> Exactly. I hadn't really, I mean, I'd been to the U.S. before, but I hadn't really traveled like we did when I started touring. We're in a different city every week. So there's like so many more snacks in the U.S., like Fritos. I never had Fritos. I was like, oh, my God, what are these magical chips? (laughs) They're very magical in my world. Yeah, so good. (laughs) And I like the original size. I don't Mm. like the big chip Frito size. I don't know where. I haven't tried that. Yes. And then they have then they have these scoopy ones. Oh, I, I'm out of touch with Fritos these days. <laughs> I need to. I you and I, we run in different circles, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, I asked Stephanie what advice she has for children who love ice skating and who might want to start competing. Stephanie also shared tips on finding a good ice rink or club to join. So I suppose on the competition side, I would say... Um, just stick with it. It's one of those things that um, has high highs and low lows, um, but it's a daily grind. Um, so just don't give up. Keep going to the rink every day. Even if it's not an amazing day, still just just get after it. Um, I would say after many, many years, it pays off. Um, and as far as the show skating stuff, I think if you're at all interested in it, you should do it. I was um, really hesitant when I started, and my partner was really excited about it. And it turned out that he he only stayed three years, and I stayed almost seven. So uh, you just don't know what to expect, um, and you get to see the entire world. I've made my best friends on tour um, and it's definitely worth it. So what tips do you have in terms of selecting, you said a club or an ice rink to train? 
How do we know that the rink of the club is a good one? Look for good coaches. How do you do that? Uh, I would look at the other skaters they have and see who's doing well. And if you think, you know, they have people who are competing at good competitions or placing or doing well, then that, that would be a great place to start. Have you ever had to change coaches? No, I was really lucky, actually. My club... Um, specialized in ice dance at the time and there was a great group of us and we were all in different levels and we were all pushing each other and we had a team of coaches um, there was four coaches um, and each one kind of specialized in a different thing so in that way we're really lucky instead of just having one person and then trying to look outside for other things we we had everything built in so no we were really lucky and then What's the sign or what are the signs of a good rink? I think as long as there's ice, it's probably a good <laughs> rink. As long as the ice is good, I guess. And how do you know when the ice is good? Like, for example, when I go to, uh, let's say, Bryant Park here in New York City, it's a free rink. I mean, you do have to pay for skates unless you have them. And the lock is, uh, it costs money unless you bring your own lock for the locker. Uh, but I look at the ice and it looks kind of bumpy. And I wonder, wow, is this what figure skaters are competing on? No, no. The ice at Bryant Park is terrible. I mean, it's <laughs> great because it's fun and it's free if you have your own skates. But um, no, no, no. For um, When you compete or you do shows, the ice is super smooth. They use a machine called a Zamboni and they right. drive it around in circles and that kind of shaves off the top layer right. and lays down hot water and it smooths it all out. Well, see, because there's a Zamboni at Ryan Park as well. So I wonder, like, what makes, how do you make good ice? Well, I think it also, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I know you're not an ice engineer. <laughs> right. And we do have those. So we used to travel with um, our own. And Wait, travel with your own what? Like, uh, the show would have... Um, ice technicians oh, wow. and so in cities where there was no ice we would bring our own yeah which is a crazy thing it's sort of this um like puzzle that they put together and then they lay water on top of it and it freezes and becomes ice that you can skate on and they maintain it and we call it tank ice tank ice wow mm -hmm. so uh in canada where you're from some of us have this picture of Canadians ah, just going out in the backyard and there's like a pond of ice. Like you have your own ice. You can just pour water and make it. Tell us. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, a lot of people do have skating rinks in their backyard um, just for fun in the winter because it's cold for so many months that you can do that. And then in ev pretty much every neighborhood growing up, that I can remember. In Edmonton anyways, there's outdoor rinks. So to have a rink in your backyard, did you have one? No, I didn't. Do you buy that and some is it like a pool where they come in and install it or No, I think it's a DIY situation. <laughs> <laughs> one of my close friends, one in Minnesota actually, she grew up with a rink in her backyard and they still set it up every year. That's so, amazing. Yeah, they're out there with the hose every day. <laughs> Wow. My dream one day is to drive a Zamboni. <laughs> I'm pretty sure at Chelsea Piers they might let you. Really? Maybe if you ask nicely.
While we were talking, Stephanie mentioned something about skating at times when the general public isn't allowed in. She said that to qualify for ice time outside of those general sessions, skaters must be at a certain level and that skaters can take ranking tests so a rink knows their levels. And while this isn't a secret within the world of skating, did you know? I didn't. And it, it kind of makes me want to test out. <laughs> of the general public sessions, <laughs> you know, as if. <laughs> Stephanie says that taking the tests doesn't mean a skater has to compete. Let's listen in as she shares why folks may want to take the ranking tests, and then she'll share some tips for beginning skaters. You can test all you want without competing. So a lot of people go through the testing ranks and they never compete, but it's just like a way to set some goals and learn new things and move ahead in skating without, without having to compete. Do you have any thoughts or tips for beginning ice skaters? Yes. Um, one of my coworkers was going skating the other day and I was trying to think of some tips. So I think my number one tip is bend your knees. Keep your knees bent. Keep them pretty pliable because they're kind of the shock absorbers between the ice and and you um, so keep your knees flexible bendy um, bouncy that's what we used to always say bouncy knees um, and keep your arms out especially if you're a beginner uh, use them for balance and would you say look ahead versus look down what do you think uh, yeah look ahead for sure yeah if you look down probably fall down now I've heard and I've actually given this advice, and I'm not a professional skater, which is to put some of the weight on your heel versus leaning forward. In some ways, that's right. I would say don't lean forwards because you're going to hit your toe picks. Um, but actually, we always try to keep our weight centered, so in the middle, so not too far back and not too far forward, right in the middle. Um, so an ice dance blade is actually shorter than a free skate blade. Um, so a free skate blade has a big... Um, heel, whereas an ice dance blade is pretty short and has a big rocker, which means... Um, like a curve? Yeah, so it makes like a deeper shape. Okay. Um, and it's very important to keep your weight over the rocker. Wow, I didn't know that there were different lengths. Now, mm -hmm. uh, you're a figure skater, but can you rock a pair of hockey skates? You know, I've never tried. Never. I don't know. I guess I just <laughs> never felt the need. But for sure, my, my old partner, he wears hockey skates now, and it's no big deal. Are there any questions that you wish people would ask you about this? For me, now that I'm not skating anymore, I don't really get to talk about skating very much. Um, I don't have any... My one friend who lived here in the city, she actually moved back to Minnesota. We used to go to Chelsea Piers together, but now she's not here anymore. So I haven't really been going and I haven't really been talking about skating much. So I guess it's just sort of nice to remember all these things. Well, you know, there is an organization in Harlem hmm. where you can volunteer. I bet they would love you. And they take uh, girls from Harlem and other areas and teach them the gift of figure skating. Oh, oh, that sounds amazing. Yes, that organization is called figureskatinginharlem.org. According to the website, folks can volunteer in various ways. So if you're a skater, or maybe not, but you're looking to help children and teens learn how to skate or to help them with their homework, definitely check out Figure Skating in Harlem if you're in the New York City area.
And in another part of town is where Stephanie says is her favorite restaurant. So our hotspot for this episode is Malatesta Trattoria in the West Village. What's awesome about it? It's in the West Village and it is amazing. It's a cash-only Italian place. Um, is it family style or what's amazing about no, it? No, the food is just amazing. Um, the ambiance is really great. You probably have to wait in line a bit unless a you small, make a reservation. Is it a small place? Uh, it's or? like medium size, I would say. And what, what's, um, what uh, f- dish do you like to order there? So I like to do my own little thing where I order two and combine them. (laughs) She eats carbs, folks. (laughs) Yes, all the carbs. So they have this um, ravioli that has a creamy tomato sauce. Oh, yum. Um, And then they have this chicken cutlet. And I uh, try to convince anyone I go with to get the chicken and then we can split it. And then you mix the chicken in with your pasta and it's heavenly. Wow. Do they serve uh, wine and things? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wine by the carafe, for sure. <laughs> and it's a it's a good celeb hotspot, too. Oh, I've who seen. have you seen? I saw Michael Sarah there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and actually, I went to see Seth Meyers. And after the show, he was talking about his favorite restaurant. And he was like, oh, it's Malatesta. I'm like, don't tell anyone that. <laughs> We're not going to be able to get in. <laughs> Before we learn Stephanie's tips for buying skates, we've got to do some shout-outs. Can I give a shout-out to my family? Of course. Uh, My mom and my dad and my sister, Catherine. Catherine, is that with a C or a K? K. K K-A-T-H-R-Y-N. Nice. And where are they? Are they in Edmonton? Um, So my parents are in Edmonton, and my sister and her husband, Luke, and their new baby, Jack. They live in Calgary. Congratulations! Calgary's gorgeous. Yes, so beautiful. We're going there for Christmas. So excited, yeah. Well, shout out to you. So are they ferals, or are they... Yeah, my parents are ferals, and my sister was a feral, too. Now she's a Morrison. Hey, shout out to the ferals and the Morrisons, (laughs) and little Jack. Yeah! (laughs) And folks, if you have never been to Canada, you have to go, especially Calgary. It's gorgeous. Yes, Alberta, the Rocky Mountains, Banff, Jasper, Lake Louise. Oh, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. So if you're looking to buy skates and learn some more insider tips about skating, including what to do if your feet hurt when wearing skates, here's what Stephanie can tell you. So I would say go to a reputable store that has a lot of variety and just try on a ton because each brand fits a little differently. So if one brand kind of rubbing your foot the wrong way, try something else um, because there's there's many to choose from. Um, and I would say make sure there's a little room in the toes, not too much. Not too much, uh, just a tiny bit, especially when you're skating outside. Your toes are, they get so cold, they'll go numb. So <laughs> a little room is good if they can just wiggle just a bit. And do you wear extra socks? What what kind of socks should we be wearing with our ice skates? Actually, no. Thick socks is not a good idea. Uh, we usually wear nylons um, because too much sock in there is... Uh, Cumbersome? Yeah. Bulky? Yeah. <laughs> it's, I think it's actually counterproductive in that your foot kind of loses circulation and it can't actually stay as warm as, as you might think. What should be in a recreational skater's ice skating bag? Oh, this is a great question. So the number one thing I always see at 
Bryant Park that makes me cringe. Yes, tell is, us. <laughs> we don't want to be that guy. <laughs> is you should never walk on metal with your blades. Just don't do it. It dulls them so quickly, and it's probably the fastest way to ruin your blades. Um, Bryant Park, they have some padding, so walk on that. Don't step on the metal door jam. People, people do that, and it's like, oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. That, and also, you should dry your blades when you're done with them. So bring a towel and wipe them off. Otherwise, they will rust. That's my other big thing. I, I always see people. I mean, if you're just renting skates, I guess you don't really... You're not as they're worked rental. Oh, yeah, they're rental. <laughs> um, but yeah, but wiping them off is a good. But thing. yeah, drying your blades for sure is important. Um, and then if you're gonna walk anywhere that has metal, put put guards on your blades. Uh, so we have two kinds of guards: hard ones and soft ones. So the soft ones are for in your bag for when you're not wearing your skates, and the hard ones are for when you're walking anywhere. Thank you for clarifying that. So the hard ones are the hard rubber, mm-hmm. and the soft ones are the terry cloth. They look kind of like shower caps for blades. Yes, <laughs> that's a great explanation, yes. Well, and I always suggest having a lock. Yes, if you're going to skate anywhere at a public rink, for sure you need a lock. And I always figure, you know, sometimes the like at Bryant Park, the lockers are tiny. So I bring a lock per person. Yes, that's a good, very good suggestion. And uh, money for hot chocolate. Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Almost goes without saying. <laughs> I always wear gloves or mittens to protect my hands. What are your thoughts on that? Yes, I, uh, I'm a big supporter of mittens, <laughs> um, especially if um, you're skating outside. Uh, and you're skating recreationally, yes. I mean, we used to even train with gloves on, but you never compete with gloves on. So it's kind of a tricky thing. You can't get too used to wearing them. That's right. Um, especially um, if you're jumping as a free skater, because you get used to when you fall, your hands don't touch the ice. So then sometimes when you take your gloves off, then you feel nervous. So if so. you're the recreational skater, wear the mittens. Mittens, yes. <laughs> but if you're training hardcore for competition or performance, maybe not so much. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, it, I mean, we used to wear them when we were training because it's so cold in the rink. Talk about lacing skates. Yeah, I think the number one thing people always think is that they have to tie them so tight, but you don't. You don't have to tie them so tight because, again, that's the same situation with the socks, is that then you lose circulation in your feet, and they're going to go numb, and then you're going to get cold, and then you're going to want to stop skating. So tie them so that they're supportive, um, that you can feel that they're holding up your ankle, but um, don't tie them so tight that... You can't feel your feet anymore. And then along those lines, you had said uh, to adjust this ice skate, the boot, you can pop them. Mm-hmm. And so Stephanie and I were talking earlier about a, a point in the foot, like an area in the foot where there's this bone or something that sticks out. And I asked her, well, what, what do you do for that? Hello. And she said something about makeup sponges. What? Oh, so there's a few different tricks you can use. Um, because of course everybody's feet are different. Um, there's a few different tricks that we use. So um, for example, the number one thing probably that you'll see are these things called bunga pads, which are these kind of jelly-like um, tubes that we wear around our ankles and that stops the top of your boot from cutting into your ankle, uh, especially when you have new skates uh, because they're really firm. So the leather is really stiff. So often it'll cut into the top of your ankle. So we'll wear these bunga pads and then you just get in the habit of wearing them. So then 
you, people, most people wear them every day. Um, but there's a few other tricks. So if you have a bone that's popping out, we used to use a makeup sponge and then you can cut the middle out. So it's like a little donut and you can put that around the bone. So then it's a little more padded or we'll use lamb's wool. So sometimes your the tongue of your skate will push down onto the top of your toes oh. and it makes it's very uncomfortable <laughs> so um, sometimes we'll put lamb's wool underneath there to help the, the tongue so it's not pushing into your toes as much so there are fixes if you think that your feet are it's just too painful to wear ice skates so we've got makeup sponges we've got bunga pads and lamb's wool mm-hmm. and popping out of the boot mm-hmm. <laughs> at a reputable shop and i'll leave that in the show notes there are a couple of shops here in town and what is the mark of a good shop in your eyes um it's probably the person who's running it how knowledgeable they are uh, luckily we're in new york so You know, there's people who know things about everything in this city, so skating is no different. Do you have a a favorite shop you like to go to here? Um, There's one in Chelsea Piers, actually, that's a pretty good little skate shop. What makes it a good shop? Yeah, they they sharpen, they, they have nice people. And knowledgeable. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much for being here today, Stephanie. Thank you so much for having me. Wasn't that fun and informative? Thank you so much, Stephanie. The one thing I don't think we covered is that when you buy a new pair of skates, the blades must then be sharpened. A reputable sports store will do that for you. Otherwise, you'll have to take them to a dedicated skate shop. Aside from the shop inside Chelsea Piers that Stephanie mentioned, there is West Side Skate. They moved from Manhattan to Long Island City, and I've always had quality service there. So that wraps up this episode of the House of Life NYC.com. Please do share this episode with at least two of your friends and have them subscribe. And please do visit houseoflifenyc.com and leave a message with your thoughts, questions, or show ideas. And again, I've created the Asian American Podcasters Group, so please send anyone along to me. I really appreciate that as well. Thank you so much for stopping in. Take care and we'll talk soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>